to episode four of Post to Post Training. I'm your host, Alex Roshinsky. This week's guest is soccer coach Lance Van Winter. Lance has lived in Montgomery County his entire life. He started playing soccer in third grade when his mom told him he couldn't play football. He's played at every level from MSI Recreational up through travel. He also played at Walt Whitman High School. He was on the first state championship team there, and he was the captain of the team his senior year. He played at the University of South Carolina also. also. He's coached many teams from all levels, including Whitman for five years, where he coached against his own son at Churchill. Lance, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Lance, I gave a short introduction. Why don't you go into a little bit more detail about yourself? Yeah, so I think you hit on the big points. You know, I've lived in Montgomery County forever and was fortunate enough to, uh, in fifth grade, joined a tremendous club team called the Potomac Kickers uh, that in all, you know, basically traveled the world. And the nice thing then was uh, we, we truly were the best players from Montgomery County and very little turnover with the team and, and things we'll talk about from a, a coaching and, and parenting perspective. But the, you know, the players were allowed to develop and we also had an unbelievable chemistry and I'm still in touch and friends with uh, pretty much everybody from that team. So I played on that from fifth grade through my freshman year in college. And, uh, you know, we traveled to tournaments all around the U.S., Canada, went to Bermuda, played over in England so just a tremendous experience. I'd say probably, probably the most important thing uh, in my childhood and in my life was playing on that club team. So soccer's been great to me. My coaches have been great to me. And that's what led me to coach, of course, and having children. So I coached my, uh, my three kids. And from there, it just really became a passion. And I loved it um, and continued through with working at corporate camps and my own camps and coaching at Whitman and coaching at Holy Cross and various clubs. And, and I loved it and still love every minute of it. But, uh, you know, uh, it, was, it was time to come off the field and, uh, and, and get out and do something else. 50 years was good, good enough. <laughs> 50 years is a long time coaching. I've been doing it for nine years now. I absolutely love it, just like you. The, the sport has given so much to me that I want to give so much back to it. Um, so, yeah, and I'm I think curious. I mentioned to you, it's, it's nice um, – you know, 50 years in soccer and yes, I'm not playing and I'm not coaching. I mean, of course I'll kick a ball around or something, but uh, I think I'm enjoying soccer more than ever. Don't get me wrong. I watch every USA qualifying game for better or worse. Uh, big DC United fan, big spirit fan. I'll watch the euros. So I, I used to say the problem with soccer is, you know, I don't have enough time to enjoy soccer. Uh, and now I do. So it's really nice uh, just to relax and, and watch some soccer and, and have time to take in the sport and enjoy it. So, I will always enjoy soccer. That is for sure. It's a very different perspective when you're watching it versus coaching it. And I'm sure when you watch it now, you bring that coaching mentality into the games a little bit. Yeah. Yep. And then it's funny you say that. I, I always say I never got to see my son play soccer till he played in high school because I was always coaching him. And there is a lot of truth to that. I think you, you, you in a sense, you, you, you miss more than people think when you're coaching. Uh, because you're, you're running a sideline and you're doing so much. Um, so it is really nice to step back and watch. And, you know, it's something they say a coach should do with his own team, with a preseason tournament. You know, the coach shouldn't coach it. You know, I think of the soccer flex with the Hills. He should sit up on the Hill and watch his own team and truly see how they play. Um, yeah. And that, that is a brilliant move because 
there's so much you you miss and this i think will surprise people but there's so much you miss while you're coaching you're too you're too you're too focused you're too deep mm-hmm. into it and, and looking at the minutiae instead of taking a step back very very true now let's get into it a little bit what do you think it takes for a player to excel and reach their peak yeah it's a an interesting one. And, you know, I've been out on the fields with you. So you have, you have all levels of players. So I guess if you were to say, you know, starting from a a young age for them to uh, excel, I would, you know, what I tried to do is build a passion in the sport. So you have a real little kid and even some of those, you know, just the basic change of direction moves and cutting and turning, which I've just done forever. Um, I think it opens them up to what they can do with the ball and to tell a kid, you can do anything, you know, can't touch with your hands, but you can do anything you want with that ball, any part of your body and just try new things and, and, you know, let, let their minds take over a little bit and, and get creative. I think that is the beauty of soccer, right? I play mm-hmm. differently than you, but we have to figure out how to play together. Um, so I try to show the passion in the game and I try to leave them alone, um, which is something I echo to parents, right? Um, you know, that the soccer field was my happy place. So I think that's a big thing is to respect the soccer field and respect their time out there. So let them, let them build a passion for the game. And I think that's a great, great starting point. Um, then from there, it's so funny. And I think, you know, there's different development patterns. So, you know, it used to be, Oh, that kid's the most talented in third grade. You thought some kid, well, he was fast and that was about all that happened with him. And by seventh grade, he's not playing or he's playing a different sport or he or she, I should say. Um, so I always love those kind of late bloomer kids where it's, you know, people think, oh, my God, you have to be a great soccer player by the time you're four years old. And it's that kid in eighth grade who is who is he or she has made that decision. I want to be on my high school team. And you just see the work. And let's be honest, it does take work. You know, everything does. Mm-hmm. But love soccer. It was always fun. But, you know we worked and there's a lot of pain involved. So I mm. think you just kind of, I like to say the passion takes over and you, I mean, you've seen it, you see it in a kid where you're like sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, like, ah, oh, okay. They got it. They got the bug, right? They go mm-hmm. out and kick the ball against the wall themselves. They go mm-hmm. for a run. They do some push up. you know, whatever it is, you see them build that passion. So I think that's the biggest thing. Let them experience the joy of the game. And Hey, some of them grab onto it and some don't, and that's okay. Uh, now, you made an interesting point about leaving the players alone. And that kind of ties into uh, coaching at the soccer plex or something and sitting back on the hill. Do you think there's a connection there? I mean, you know, soccer is one of these few sports where you can't do much as a coach during the game. You can make some substitutions here and there. But, you know, even at the higher levels, you get three sub- substitutions in a match. So sitting on the sideline and yelling might not always be the most efficient way to approach the game. Do you think there's a connection between the two? Oh, 100%. Um, you know, so many levels here, you know, but first of all, even in a positive way and, and you know, boys and girls being different, but, you know, I can tell you that girls in particular don't even like to hear their name even if it's a positive thing. <laughs> You know, so I've learned you know, that they want to be part of the team. So I've learned to coach the team with girls. Mm-hmm. And then if I have something to speak to them about, I do it very casually and privately and just walk up to them and chat a little bit. But 
you know, that's the thing. I, and I remember the moment I was coaching a classic game and we just I happened to have a nice team that day and we were just destroying the team. And I was watching the other coach lose his mind. And I heard him say, you know, how many times have I told you? Well, you know, we're adults, but, you know, Alex, as you, you can tell me something 10 times, I'm still not going to get it right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to experience it, you know, and that's when I learned, like, hey, if I can say to you, hey, remember two weeks ago in practice when we did this? That's mm-hmm. what I'm looking for here. Remember that, you know, the, the wall pass, the give and go, or if he moves up, remember, you have to cover for him. But just to say that yelling from a sideline to a nine year old, you need to support your player. Like, what does that even mean? So it's a huge one. And I'm actually very surprised by how much I see, um, you know, professional coaches kind of yelling from the sideline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matt and I talked about it, you know, showing somebody subbing in at the 73rd minute of a USA national game and you're showing them <laughs> something on an iPad. I find it just ridiculous. Um, and, and so what I do is once the kids are developing, and it's very hard to very young ages. Yes, you're a little bit of a puppet master. But I tell the kids about fourth, fifth grade, I'm not going to coach you during the game today. You guys figure it out. And then what I do is I'll ask a question. You know, hey, uh, Bobby, is that where you want to be? And they kind of look around and they go, oops, oops, oops. And they slide 10 yards to the middle and everything is good. You know, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I enjoy games and or did, you know, sit with my legs crossed and say very little. If I say anything, it's to ask a question. Uh, and I've learned that is the golden thing. Instead of screaming at a ref, ask him a question like who kept her on. If you mm-hmm. scream all sides, that's not really helping. So uh, same thing with coaching and same thing with life. Ask questions. Be curious. You know, mm-hmm. even if you know the answer, it's even better, of course. <laughs> so. Right. I, I agree completely. When I, when I work with the, our goalies over at uh, ADT and yep, other yep. clubs, I always ask them, you know, what do you think? rather than telling them right away. And then if they can't come up with the answer themselves, then I'll uh, address it or, or tell them what, you know, I think they should be doing in, in that situation. Right. But Well, I, you know, yeah, you and I talked about people are different, right? Mm-hmm. So I, the, the little bit of goalie training I've done, um, I like when I have two or three um, mm-hmm. and I'll go, oh, so you came out and you held your hands this way and they'll go, well, yeah, I'm, I've always been that way. I'm a little slower, a little shorter, a little taller, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. And then the other goalie goes, Oh, well, what I do is this. And they mm-hmm. used to do it differently. And of course, mm-hmm. I don't know enough about goalkeeping to be hardcore and say, do it one way or the other. But the other mm-hmm. answer is I'm going to play on the field a little bit differently than you. There's not a rule. Right. There's not a set thing, right? Hey, right. what I'm saying is don't give up the goal in your post. Where you stand right. is your business. You know your body. You know your quickness. You know your depths. You know, you know, and, and that to me, you know, is, is the beauty of soccer, right? You're going to play goal differently than I. It doesn't make mm-hmm. either of us better than the other. So uh, I agree completely. Um, what is something that you would look for in a player as a coach? Um, yeah, you know, starting at a young age, uh, being happy to be on the soccer field. <laughs> you know, sounds so <laughs> simple, but smiling. I mean. Uh, we always laughed at practice, right? Mm-hmm. Work, work, I mean, worked, but loved being out there, loved being on the field. Uh, you know, embarrassing, but I would sob if like my MSI game was rained out, just ruined my day, <laughs> you know? So, you know, loving it. Now, that's a very mm-hmm. simple answer. 
and which is why I say to back off a little bit. You know, I had a very special connection to the game of soccer. Just absolutely loved it. That was my place. And, and, and I actually give my mom a lot of credit. She recognized that. She never said a word, but hey, good game or good try or whatever it was. She, she didn't try to say on that play, what were you thinking? You know, um, she just said she, she loved watching me play. And I've heard that a lot, you know, asking a kid, did you score? Did you know, you know, just as a parent say, Hey, I really love watching your games, you know, and, and that's all they need is a little, that little bit of support. But so I look for a kid that loves being in the field. And then if you're really talking, you know, top players, Alex, then it's like, um, you know, the old, they're competing when people aren't looking, you know, mm-hmm. and I'd say yep. a parent, like I was a sore loser and like, you know, the things you don't like at home, I actually love out on the soccer field. So I like that bad sport, you know, <laughs> right? We all get angry at just what we do, with mm-hmm. it, right? But the yep. fear of losing is the number one thing. So if you're overly competitive, that's a brilliant thing. And you can look at the mm-hmm. Michael Jordans and all these, you know, these over told mm-hmm. stories. But like Anson Durant at uh, North Carolina, everything he did was a competition. So all the teammates would, you know, would um, rotate around. Uh, we'd play two against two. And we'd be with mm-hmm. everybody and we'd play against everybody. Whoever won the most games would start the next game. Hmm. So figure out a way to win. So I have to, you know, you and I are teammates one game. All right, Alex. So you're going to be up a little bit. I'm going to be back. Da, 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 da. We figure it out. We work our hardest. And, hey, you got to go out there and compete and win. So, I, you know, competing and, and quite frankly, hating, hating losing is a massive thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and then can they channel it, of course. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's, a, it's a funny balancing act, right? It I'm out really there, is. I'm kind of angry. I hate to lose, but man, do I love it. <laughs> you know, and, and I would say it, it, it makes us very weird people. It's not normal mm-hmm. to want to do the things that, you know, I was on the soccer field 350 days a year and I loved it. I, I get if you don't want to do that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and people are always surprised when I say, this isn't your thing. It's okay. Like, I still mm-hmm. like you, you know, <laughs> right. so. You know, and that's where, our, from our coach's perspective, for some, we have to realize too, like, okay, they don't want to be a professional player or they don't have that, okay, but they still have a joy for the game. And, and as long as they respect their teammates and, and, and respect the game of soccer and respect me, we're going to be good because there are tremendous lessons and life lessons in, in, in all sports, but, you know, particularly with soccer and the, the fluidity of it and working with teammates, I think is a beautiful thing on, on any level, you know. Mm-hmm. So I always tell people my favorite championship was my daughter's sixth grade rec championship because we just had gotten a bunch of new players and like it all just came together. It's like I was so excited, you know, it's like it doesn't matter what level it is. You're playing soccer. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest <clears throat> thing in the world. Right. And I love I love the bit about uh, fear of losing and not and hating losing. Um, but it, it, it's almost a double edged sword. You you have to hate losing but you can't let it uh, uh take over and narrow your vision to the point that you you know go into a rage or lose track of what's going on in the field it's a, it's right. a like you said a very interesting balancing act between it, it's staying hard competitive and, and focused right. and and not wanting to lose yeah yeah well and i have some red cards to show that Alex um, <laughs> <laughs> as a player. And then, and then quite frankly, early in my coaching career when I just didn't know when to shut up. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we talk about coaching as like our players and what do you look for? What do you look for? Well, with, with all of this, right. Keep learning, mm-hmm. <laughs> be curious and strive to get better. 
um, you know, keep working at it. And the, that was the beauty of soccer from as a player and as a coach is I enjoyed the learning process. Mm-hmm. You know, um, how can I make this team work? And as you know, and what age they are, their level of ability, the players, the, the how they get along with each other, how what, what's going on at home, what's going on at you know school. Just, you have to bring it all together, and that's the, the really cool part about coaching. Mm-hmm. And and that would lead into the next topic of, first of all, what do you think made you such a strong coach? It's interesting because uh, I was that overly competitive person, and then it's funny how you say obvious things that you're like, I can't <laughs> believe I didn't you know realize that. Like, <laughs> you know, but I think being a parent coach was a wonderful thing because you have the perspective of coaching your own child and neighborhood children who thankfully I'm not going to scream at, right. I at least have that <laughs> sense. I'm not going to scream at one of my best friend from high school's son who lives three doors down, you know, just, you know, so it gives you that perspective of, okay, well, how can I make this work in the right way? How can I, how can I motivate them? How can I, this, you know? Um, so I, I think it was nice. I had that perspective. I tell a joke of my son and of course he hates it every time I tell it, but <laughs> he was in kindergarten and, and I was that young dad and had to coach both fields at one time of the four V fours, you know, I was going nuts. It was city of Rockville. And I look over and he's like running around the field with his arms out. And I'm like, I go over there and, you know, again, I'm still an overly competitive young guy at this point. And I'm like, you know, gritting my teeth, but pretending I'm okay. Cause I don't want people to know. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know, he's like, well, we're the flying Eagles. I'm flying. And I'm like, Oh my God. But that moment gave me a great perspective. I'm like, he's five years old. Like, what was I thinking he'd be doing? Um, you know, and so I really kind of a bit of epiphany there. Again, the obvious things, but um, keeping a perspective and how can I motivate? And I use the word motivate, it might not be the right word. Maybe it is, but you know, how can I make this team work? Uh, and that's one of the biggest challenges of coaching is coaching players that are different. Uh, and of course, different levels of ability and commitment is what you get with rec and classic and quite frankly, even a bunch of travel and high school teams these days. Um, so how do I make that work? And that's a tremendous challenge. So I just love the challenge of making a team better and better isn't, you know, we were talking about as early as I was better isn't wins and losses, right? Because I can put you in a league where you're going to lose every game. I can put you in a league where you're going to win every game, right? Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of coaches pull that sort of stuff one way or the other. But, um, you know, so, you know, you know if they're getting better. And that's the whole taking a step back as well, which is really hard to do. Like, hey, you know, yeah, we only won two games. We tied two and lost five. But we, we are getting better. Um, so just love the challenge of, of putting it together. Uh, but, yeah, so what made me a good coach wouldn't have been my soccer background. Um, I, I would actually go more with uh, being a parent and taking the slow process and you know when i started coaching it was just when the internet started that's a great thing to say uh (laughs) and i found pills drills some coach from new hampshire who deserves a lot of credit but you know i i kept learning and i think you've probably run into well we all run into arrogant people and arrogant soccer coaches Mm -hmm. if you're arrogant to me you stop learning right Mm -hmm. um so i think just keep learning keep learning keep learning keep enjoying that puzzle and that challenge and and you'll be a good coach be yourself number one with coaching be yourself don't try to be a hard ass if you're not like i joke on the soccer Mm -hmm. 
And I think that's a that's a huge, huge bit for for players. Um, you know, keep it light, keep it easy, and let them enjoy it. The more you enjoy it, the more they're going to enjoy it. So, um, what I was asking, um, and sorry for any confusion, there was a, a hiccup in the in the uh, recording. Um, I was mentioning that I love. Uh, win loss and how that's not necessarily the most important factor in determining how well you've done as a coach um, you know you, you know how you've done you know how the kids are doing but I've, I've also looked at coaching as I'm not just building a team I'm building people I'm trying to make a better person if, if they walk off that field and they've not only grown as a player, but as, as a person, I think I've done my job. Um, what, what would you think about that? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, they, they say that teams should win two out of three games as far as kind of keeping their spirits up. But of course, mm-hmm. not every team can win two or three games. Right. <laughs> right? So math, mathematically that doesn't quite work, but, um, you know, and I think it's gauging your team. You can take a team and say, all right, parents, we're in for a rough ride here. We're, we have, we've said we want to be the best. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go out. We're going to play teams a year older. We're going to play teams that are, quite frankly, better than us. We're going to go to tournaments that we have no business being in. And we're going to get our butts kicked and we're going to build. And that, that sometimes works. And that's, that's one theory. You know, mm-hmm. I always liked playing preseason tournaments where we were in a little bit over our head. But again, Everybody wants that, right? So, again, that doesn't work, right? <laughs> you know, but you lose three games to nothing going into a season where you, you know what you need to work on. You play a preseason right. tournament where you win three games, five nothing, you have a false sense of who you are. So mm-hmm. it is a balancing act. Um, I think it's okay to have a season of, you know, one win and three ties and four losses. That's okay. You don't want to do that three seasons in a row. Right. Um, and the other one, and, and boy, I've had this conversation a million times. Parents get so upset. Well, we're going to be in Division Two. The, 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 the kids are going to, the, the kids don't know what division they're in. Okay. The other one is quite as a coach and a parent, you forget once your season starts, right? You get your schedule, you go play your games. You don't go, you're not bummed out because last season you lost a bunch of games and you're demoted. And the nice thing is, you're probably going to win some games. So there, there's logic, you know, to the relegation and promotion and, and, mm-hmm. and playing at the proper level. So, cause I, I said it to you earlier, you know, maybe somewhat jokingly, but not really, you know, you can take any team and go win every single game. Mm-hmm. You find the right league. Um, right. And, and the other thing right. to remember, you can find a league for you that you lose every single game. So uh, <laughs> that, that perspective is important. And it's one with parents, you know, especially I'll call them the younger parents, you know, when their MSI classic team gets moved to division two, you would think the world was ending. And I said, do you know how nice next season going to be? Because we might actually score like three goals in one game, you know, <laughs> and the kids forget and they're happy and they, you know, winning a few games is a good thing. Um, so yeah, to, like, like all of the coaching, it's just, a, it's a balancing act. Mm-hmm. I think finding the right tournaments might be kind of a, an answer there, if you will, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, 
But that said, you don't always know what you're getting and they might put you in a division you don't belong in, blah, 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 you know. Um, but something to think about is your preseason and postseason tournaments and the spirit of the team and what sort of uh, level do you want, uh, right. you know, can, can really control it. And then set up some scrimmages. Mm-hmm. And I, I would definitely agree with the, with the point you made at the beginning about, um, you know, losing 2 nothing in every game versus winning 5 nothing every game in the preseason tournament. Uh, you, you definitely learn more from a loss than you do from a win. It's just a matter of how you implement that and how the team takes that. Um, right. You don't want to lose every game, but <laughs> right. when you do, if you can understand that this is just one game, let's see what we did and how are we going to fix this for the next one. And that's right where that grew that's where that growth comes in. Yeah, I had a player say to me once, you're always nice to us when we lose and you're mean to us when we win. And I'm like, so you're on to me. You know? <laughs> That's correct, young man. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, I think there's some logic to that because, mm-hmm. you know, that doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm not going to mm-hmm. beat on you when you've lost. You've taken a beating on the field. I hope you figured <laughs> some stuff out, right? Um, and if you win, don't get full, too full of yourself. And it's one actually took me a long time. You know, we're joking earlier about, you know, I used to take losses like as a coach so personally, like, oh, that other coach is better than me. You know, it's <laughs> like, what is wrong with me? You know, <laughs> but, um, but the other one is it took me a long time to realize sometimes, you know, sometimes that other team is better than you. Right. So one with boys, I can go, you know, if, they're, if my team's playing poorly, I can go, are they better than you? And of course, they get all lathered up and they go out and they destroy them. But, mm-hmm. you know, you, you do have to see that. And then you go, okay, well, what can we learn from this? All right. That player's doing this. He's always going left. All right. I'm going to try to teach my right back, push him to the middle or, you know, whatever it is. So, so take those losses instead of just screaming, go, all right, let's, 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 let's get more out of you. You're essentially getting more out of that game than your opponent is. So mm-hmm. let's take something from this. And, and you want that. Okay. They're, they're faster. Okay. What can I do with that? I can move my backs here. Da, 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 da. So, you know, you can always say it's a teaching moment, a learning moment, whatever term you use or, or an opportunity. And, it, but I, I, I do believe that. And again, that's the taking a step back, taking a breath and going, it's a youth soccer game. Right? Mm-hmm. How can I make, and, and a game's a valuable thing with the price you pay for fields and refs and uniforms, everything else, make the most of those minutes, you know, right. whatever, whatever comes forward, you know, and that's true with and, training as well. Get the most out of those minutes. Yep. And sometimes it's not even that they're better or the coach is better. Sometimes it's just a lucky bounce. You might have controlled the whole game. You might have been the better team out there. And the ball takes one weird bounce and it's in the back of the net. Yep. You know. I always say it's, it's you know, goals are one thing, right? And obviously that, mm-hmm. that is the measure. I get that. But we used to count chances. You know, mm-hmm. so say there's five minutes left and you're losing one nothing and you're pressing, you know, and I remember whether it was Dave Green or whoever I'm coaching with, I'd be like, you know, I'd even turn to the bench when I coached Witness JV. I remember I'd be like, all right, guys, how many more chances are we going to get? And it was amazing how dead on the kids were. And you are like, all right, you know, I think we got three more good ones. And you do. Well, mm-hmm. if you miss them all, you still lose one nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's it's a game of opportunity. And, and so that's why you can never say we lost because nope, you, you, you didn't make the most, you know, you've got to make the most opportunities and, and, and it goes, but 
you are going to lose some games you shouldn't. And quite frankly, you're going to win some, some, some you shouldn't, but we just don't talk about those. So. Right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So to wrap things up a little bit, what kind of advice would you give to a player that wants to get better or really make it big? Um, go out on your own with a soccer ball. You know, my thing was a wall. I think that should be everybody's thing, quite frankly. You know, I had a shed in the backyard. So I enjoyed for two hours at a time. All right, I'm going to do 10 right foot. I'm going to do 10 with my left. I'm going to do this. And until I got it perfect, I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And then the other one is be honest about what you're not comfortable doing on the soccer field and, and, and work on it. And, of course, number one easy example is your opposite foot. Mm-hmm. which none of us pay enough attention to, right? Because they don't like it. But we have to remember, we're not there always just to entertain. But um, so time alone with the ball. And again, I, I really think of the creativity of soccer. So your imagination, you know, kind of like that three, two, one, taking the last second shot in basketball that we all did in our driveway. Mm-hmm. Same thing with soccer, right? Okay, I'm going to take a free kick. I'm going to put it up high. I'm going to do this. I'm going to bend the ball. Um, you know, I just loved that. If they find that they don't want to go kick a ball against the wall for two hours a day, well, that doesn't mean they're not going to be a pro player, but I think it's saying something. You know, and I'm not saying a third grader, but seventh, eighth, ninth grade, you know, they should love all the time with the ball. And it doesn't have to be against the wall. They can just any time spent with the ball. It could be working on a little move and a little patch, and it could be in your living room. Um, but that time alone with the ball was unbelievable. I think in America, we get criticized rightfully so. You know, we need this big green field, you know, all the million mm-hmm. cones and all of this in order to have a soccer practice. And, of course, that's not true. Uh, and so the next logical thing would be play some pickup games and find players better than you. You know, that was the second thing I think that made me a pretty good player was uh, playing with adults. You know, my sister's boyfriend was a argentinian guy and you know i'm 10 years old and i'm out there playing with you know 25 year old guys who love to make me look stupid and you know but i kept coming back right and Mm -hmm. you learn so much more from being with better players and it's an honor to be able to play with them you know you have to remember that and respect that Mm -hmm. so if you can get some people that are better than you and to play pickup with them or you know even your buddies but you know real simple play a ton of soccer which if you love it's pretty easy for you um so i think you know that's the way to get better i you know, the whole personal training thing and this and that, fine. But, uh, you know, I think time on your own with the ball is probably better. And I, I love the concept of uh, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, because that's where true, true growth comes from. Yes. When you know absolutely. where you're uncomfortable and you focus and work on it. Yeah, and, and any better feeling than... I don't want to say turning a weakness into a strength. That's a little corny. But like (laughs) when you do work on something, you know, they always say you've mastered a move when you successfully have done it in a competitive game. Right. Right. You know, you you see all these kids doing rainbows and stuff. I'm like, just stop. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're going to try to pull it off in a game, which I will actually give you credit for. But um, but, uh, you know to be able to, to know, you know, all right, I'm just not good with my left. And then you, that, that day that you take the ball to your left and you just put across and, you know, it's a very good feeling and you do get rewarded for that. Um, 
you know, like anything, but it's not instant gratification. And I think that's not just this day and age, but at all times, you know, well, mm. but I, but I practiced yesterday. Well, <laughs> right. put a couple months in my friends. So, and that's mm. what you'll find if that kid is actually like, Hey, in the off season, you, you, know, you can tell, right. You can tell mm-hmm. if they put the time in. Um, and then the next one, you know, I, I think our conditioning came naturally from playing 350 days a year. Um, but you know, do, do take care of yourself. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which yep. I think is is probably been one of the most positive trends as far as people eating a little bit better. And, mm-hmm. you, know, um, you know, our reward was McDonald's. And I think things have changed. A bit. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I did it with my I did it with my kids, too. So whatever, you know, I, I don't I don't think it's the, you know, look. <laughs> it was once in a once in a blue moon snack for me, but that was always the nice <laughs> Um, I guess pizza is a good compromise, right? So, (laughs) my last question would be: um, What advice would you give coaches that are looking to advance themselves? Yeah, interesting one. And and so, I and and so many smart people out there, but um, uh, guys like you know the the term parent coach. He's like, uh, you know, no, I'm I'm a, a coach who happens to be a parent. You know, like they get labeled as a parent coach, like, oh, you're not quite as good as the rest of us. And it's a shame because I see less parents volunteering or they think, oh, I can't do as good a job as this professional. Well, the professional might be and age doesn't matter, but might be someone who yeah, played some college soccer, but has no clue about coaching at this point. Whereas I think the parents better. And I've told so many people, like, no, the, the game has like you've got these kids enjoying soccer. You're doing just fine. Right you know, and they, they want to give it up. So I think, you know, the number one thing would be if you weren't a soccer person, doesn't mean you can't be a soccer coach or a youth soccer coach. So I just encourage anybody if they have the opportunity to coach their kids that they should do it. Cause I think it's just the greatest thing. And, you know, just the relationship that I have with my, my, my kids and my niece and, and their friends, you know, um, is, is, is unbelievable. But, um, you know, if you enjoy the game, and again, it just comes down to continuing to learn and just the challenge. Enjoy the challenge. I think some people worry. I know I did. Like, oh, we went one and seven. All the parents are going to think I'm a crappy coach. And it's like, am I really worried about getting like fired as a third grade rec coach? Like, <laughs> take a breath. It's going to be okay. You can't control it. Right? Mm-hmm. You can't control it. So, and that's really hard because what is every single coach? A control freak. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, it's a, like all it's just such a balancing act. It's such a balancing act. But the, the biggest thing, enjoy it. Enjoy it. You know, I, I, you take a breath out. You're on a soccer field. Sun's out. You got some kids. They're doing something they love. Lord knows these day and age and with COVID and everything else going on. They need this exercise. They need the socialization. So take a breath, you know, take a step back and just enjoy it. Uh, I think, you know, I just think coaching is the greatest thing in the world. Don't don't worry. You know, I say that, trust me, I'm a warrior, but don't worry. <laughs> okay. And a big one is a bad, what's a bad training session? Well, it's okay if the kids fail at something. That doesn't make it a bad session, right? Or if something didn't go smoothly, well, it's the first time you've done it and you're introducing the kids. You know, getting a kid to move from cone A to cone B to cone C is not easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, no. you're, you know, you're going to get frustrated. And so, okay, they're learning. So take mm-hmm. again, right? What did you expect 
<laughs> showing 15 kids something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an after-school practice where all they want to do is talk to each other. All right. Right. So, so just you know, keep your pers- keep your perspective. And, and I, great story, and you'll appreciate it. I went from Whitman's varsity boys practice, and man, we had a great team that year. To my daughter's third grade rec practice, and I tried to bring some things with me. Well, one, I'm stupid, but two, <laughs> do you know how frustrating those practices were? Right? Like, <laughs> did I really think they're gonna, you know? So, you know, keep your perspective. And I've learned a lot of lessons, you know, and it's not all about you. And then again, it's hard to say that as a coach because we, we think we have control, but, you know, um, so control what you can. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, biggest thing is, is just enjoy it. And, uh, and, and, you know, that that's really what kept me in coaching for so long is that, you know, not that you're such a do-gooder, but you're doing a good thing, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, especially these days that that time out on the field is really important for the kids. And by the way, every once in a while, let them have a 10 minute break and talk for a while. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I know we want to accomplish things, but I think sometimes we push too hard. Well, Lance, I absolutely loved our conversation today. I, I believe anybody listening will get a lot out of this. And I can't thank you enough for agreeing to join me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure, Alex. It's always great to talk to you. And uh, I'm sure we'll be in touch. And hopefully I'll see you out in the soccer field soon, even though I'm not coaching. Agree. Anymore, <laughs> Maybe we'll get to play together instead there of uh, coaching together. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, no, right. my, my pleasure. Anytime. And, uh, yep, good luck with your podcast, and we'll be in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. All right, you too. Take care.